Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Charlie Crawford with Hyperion Bank. Welcome, Charlie. Good morning, Lee. Thank you for having me. Well, before we get too far into things, um, can you educate our listeners about the difference between a community bank and one of those stadium banks, you know, the mega banks? <laughs> yeah, I don't have my name on the, that big stadium. <laughs> sure. Um, to me, um, a community bank's a, a bit more of a, a philosophy than it is a, a certain uh, entity. But most people consider a, a community bank a, a relatively small to medium-sized financial institution. Um, you know, we certainly are. Um, we just have uh, 30 employees, to give you an idea, with two locations, one in Philadelphia and one in Atlanta. So the the community bank philosophy is that the, the bankers live and work in that community, know their, their customers and their market well. And then what drew you to that kind of a business and business model? So I've been in, in the banking industry for, for 35 years and uh, right out of college started at a, at a really big mega bank, one, one that would have their name on a stadium. And um, every chance I've had in my career, I've moved down the food chain to, to smaller banks, uh, and because I enjoyed being closer to the the customer and the decision maker, and ultimately um, started a, a new bank in Atlanta back in in two thousand six in the community banking space. And then, how did that lead you to where you are today? Yeah, the connection. Uh, the bank I started was called Private Bank of Buckhead, and uh, we opened in uh, late two thousand six. And one of my investors in the bank. He uh, reached out to me shortly thereafter and, and said, Charlie, uh, you probably don't know it, but I'm an investor and on the board of another brand new bank. This one's in Philadelphia called Hyperion Bank. And both banks started uh, um, at the end of 06, about three weeks apart, coincidentally. And so he encouraged me to to talk to their their opening CEO and compare notes as we were both beginning new ventures, which I did. And we stayed in touch. And uh about seven years into it, so we're in 2013, and this same investor reached out to me, and he said, it looks like things are pretty going well in Atlanta. They're not going so well in Philadelphia. We have a new president. Why don't you talk to him? So I, I did. Uh, his name's Lou DeCesar, and he remains the, the president of Hyperion Bank today. And Lou and I had a nice conversation, and then time marched on, uh, and we announced the sale of Private Bank of Buckhead um, towards the end of 2016. And this same investor uh, reached out again and uh, congratulated me, said it looks like a good outcome for the customers and employees and shareholders. And uh, he asked if I would come up to Philadelphia and see if I could um, provide assistance or guidance to Hyperion Bank, which I went up uh, for several months and did some due diligence. And um, I'm, I'm wired as an entrepreneur, so um, I had planned to stay with the big bank that acquired us, but I, my entrepreneurial juices got flowing. And so uh, almost four years ago, um, I, I formally got involved and made an investment in Hyperion Bank and became part of the leadership team uh, back in uh, the summer of 17. And then from the customer standpoint, 
what should they be thinking if they're going to choose a bank to do their personal and business uh, banking? Um, why don't more of them choose community banks? I know a lot of them do, but a lot of people just kind of go to these de facto mega stadium banks instead of considering, uh, like, what's their fear of working with a community bank? Yeah, it's interesting, Lee. Um, you know, the industry has um, continued to consolidate and, and shrink, so there, there are far fewer banks in general that exist today than when I started in the industry, we had over 18,000 banks. Today, we're down to about 5,000. But most of those 5,000 are community banks. Now, if you look at the you know, demographics and population, to, to your point, a lot of people um, still remain with a large financial institution, either uh, by a choice or by acquisition. Um, so there's a to me, there's a nice place for, for both bank uh, models to operate in that you know, what differentiates a bank like ours, frankly, the only thing is is the people that we have that are assembled uh, under the roof of Hyperion Bank and, and the relationships that we develop with our clients is very personalized and customized. It's something that's it's harder to do when, when you're a large financial institution. So, um, you know, it, it's it's not for everybody, but the, um, the clients that we have here at our bank, um, they've been clients of our bankers in, in most examples or cases for 25 or 30 years. So they, they tend to, um, they don't bank with the institution, they bank with the banker and develop a very personal relationship. Um, you know, if, if somebody's looking for a, a national plat- platform with branches that look alike from state to state to state, then they'd be better with a, a mega bank. But for most uh, regular folks and small to mid-sized business owners, shouldn't they be working with a banker that knows them personally, that kind of can vouch for them? Because when there's times of trouble, like we just went through a pandemic, having a relationship with a banker can mean the difference between getting that you know PPP loan and not getting it. That's well said, Lee. You're making my case. That's exactly why we we, we started the, the bank uh, back in 06 as Private Bank Buckhead. It's why we brought Hyperion Bank to Atlanta, um, because we're, we're, we've got a very meaningful relationship with, with, with our customers and and some of their their requirements and needs, you know, don't don't fit inside a box. And they they want to work. Um, you know, frankly, we're so small it, with 30 employees, we're an entrepreneurial organization. So we understand the, the challenges and opportunities that a, a small, medium-sized business or an entrepreneur faces. It's the same ones that, that we are. So it, it, it helps and it resonates with the, the kind of business we do with our clients. Now, how did you kind of handle uh, launching the bank, you know, in the midst of COVID? Yeah, so what we did... Um, um, when I got involved in Hyperion, I, I spent most of my time the first couple of years in, in Philadelphia. We, we recapitalized the bank and we began to grow very nicely. And a lot of our investors um, that participated in our capital raise came from Atlanta. So th- those investors had asked, you know, is there any chance the Hyperion could could open a banking um, operation here in Georgia and, and, and Buckhead and Atlanta specifically? So we were able to to do that, as you say, uh, just a little bit before before COVID. We, uh, you know, from a, a regulatory standpoint, had the approvals we needed from the, the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and the FDIC. And um, you know, our model is uh, you know, the most important thing is our people, but probably second most is the the technology that we use, so that our customers can access all of their accounts and their services digitally if they so choose. And, um, you know, we, we follow that with a very personal relationship. So 
COVID really just accelerated our, our model. We're, we're not a big brick and mortar operation. Um, we, we've got office space, but um, that office space, frankly, it's, it's to give the employees a place to, to call home as opposed to expect the customers to have to come to do their banking business. So we we did a, a significant technology upgrade uh, last year in April, right in the middle of COVID, but I'm glad we did it because you know, our customers continue to have access to all, all their needs electronically and then the banker went whenever that's appropriate. So they're getting kind of the best of both worlds. They're getting access to, you know, they're getting service when they need it, uh, how they need it in the, you know, out of their home if they'd like, as well as having someone to call if there is an issue and they need kind of personal service. Yeah. So I'd like to just say sort of our, our model sort of high, high touch, high tech. And um, you've got to, we continue to, to invest and roll out new technologies, um, you've got to make sure that that's just sort of the price of admission in the banking industry these days, that you're offering all the uh, technology and digital services. But to me, the the real uh, differentiator is then when you do need something customized or a quicker response or somebody nimble that our bankers are ready to, to deliver that. Right. And I can't emphasize enough the importance of having that relationship. If you're dealing with these mega banks, every time you call, you could be dealing with a new person. And every time you call, you got to re-educate them of your situation and what makes you different and special. Whereas when you have a relationship with a banker that you trust that knows you personally over time, all of that goes away. They return your call or their uh, team returns your call. You don't have to re-educate them and start from scratch every single time. That's very true. And probably the, the best example of that in, in the last year with, with COVID was um, the uh, that your listeners are probably familiar with the PPP, the payroll protection program offered by the SBA that our bank and, and most banks were, were very active in. But I can tell you because you know we, we um, obtained a lot of new clients that were with the mega banks that were frustrated that they, they couldn't get anybody to to help them or answer their questions or figure out where they stood in, in the queue of, of trying to access the, the PPP proceeds. Uh, and, you know, we had this, we follow the, the same rules, but when you're, you're small, you know, we can communicate with our clients, tell them where they are and, and be able to push some things through that um, perhaps a, a large institution of, of small business may have gotten lost in the shuffle. Now talk a little bit about the, uh, the mortgage uh, program that you have now. Is that, that's relatively new? Yes, we uh, we had mortgage capability and still do out of our Philadelphia office as a, as a mortgage broker. But last year we decided to to start a, 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 a more of a full service mortgage company out of Atlanta. Um, so it's called Hyperion Mortgage, and we, uh, we got a, a dynamite lady, Carolyn Upshaw, that uh, originates all the mortgages for our our clients. And this time, the the way we set up the model, we did a a joint venture with a, a terrific uh, institution called First Community Mortgage. They're they're out of uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I've known them for a long time. They do a, a lot of mortgage processing. And so what we did, we, we put a joint venture together where we brought sort of the client and the sales end of it, and they provide the back office functions for us in terms of underwriting and compliance. So we, we launched that uh, just uh, a little less than a year ago, last April. And our timing was uh, fortunate. Um, interest rates have been extraordinarily low, uh, really all rates, but including mortgage rates. So it's been uh, a, a very fast growing uh, business line for us, both on new purchase mortgages, as well as people taking advantage of refinancing their existing mortgage. Is that uh, primarily residential or does it also go into commercial? 
Yeah, what I just described was residential, um, but in, inside the bank, we do commercial mortgages as well for uh, businesses that want to own, own their own building, for example, or an investor that wants to buy a, a, a income producing piece of commercial real estate. So now, um, how, what's your forecast looking into 2021? Are you pretty bullish? Are you seeing us kind of the pandemic waning and then, you know, kind of business going back to business as usual? Or are you kind of uh, pessimistic? How do you feel right now about where we're at? Well, I'm, I'm naturally an optimist and I, I feel very, very good for, for our bank and for our customers. Um, if, if you had told me in 2020, We'd have a pandemic and a recession, and it would be a, a record year for our bank with uh, uh, the highest growth and highest profitability. <laughs> I would have been skeptical, but it was. And 21 is, is, is started uh, very strong. We had a, a, a great January uh, out of the shoot, our most profitable month to date. And part of it is, you know, the, the customers and clients that we're working with, you know, certainly some have been impacted. And the, the PPP program I, I described, um, we're actively um, involved in, in what they call uh, the second draw program where companies that need it um, can take advantage of another SBA loan. So that, that certainly assisted some. So, um, And I believe interest rates will stay low. So that, that's good for the customer and, and the borrower. Um, you know, for, for a bank, we'd probably like to see a rise in interest rates, but I don't, I don't see that on the horizon. And you know, I think um, as people have become more and more aware and conservative with uh, the masks and the social distancing and, and uh, you know, we've got 33 million people vaccinated. Uh, I, I believe we're going to get through it and uh, we'll, we'll come out with a, a strong year in 21. Now, can you share a story for our listeners that maybe illustrates the importance of building a relationship with the banker? Uh, I'm, I, I agree wholeheartedly that that's one of the key components of a successful business is having that kind of a relationship. But maybe you have a specific story uh, that you can share that can illustrate uh, the importance of that? Uh, you don't have to name names, obviously, but maybe what their challenge was and how your team was able to help them. Sure. Yeah, I'd be, be glad to. Um, you know, one that um, comes comes to mind, we've, we've got a, a a company that they're based in Alpharetta. And uh, this, is a, this is a good example. And um, our, our private banker that works here at Hyperion she has been their banker um, dating back to, to 2008. So, um, you know, they they followed her um, from our previous bank at Private Bank of Buckhead uh, over to Hyperion Bank. And this is a company, um, I, I love what they do. Um, you know, their, their primary business is um, they're a provider of um, art, art shows for, for children, for youth and schools. So they work with school districts and public schools and private schools, preschools, and they, they produce art shows. Uh, and they showcase the the work by the students, and so they do everything from the the original framing for the students and all the materials, the the mat and the supplies, and they they do everything in house, which keeps their custom you know their costs down low. And Lee, they've been they've been profitable every year, um, um, dating back to when we started to to develop the banking relationship up until last year, and so most of their revenue comes in the March, April timeframe. So that's, you know, as everyone remembers, that's right when COVID hit extremely hard. And, you know, it, it really would, was going to be devastating um, if, if we didn't work, work with them. So we, um, we were able to get them um, about a $600,000 PPP loan for, for working capital purposes that now the way the program's going, that those proceeds will be forgiven. Um, they've been able to pivot and, and move into, you know, a digital format um, for the, for the art shows, for the kids. 
Um, we're doing a, a, a second PPP loan form. And we also, at the same time, we're able to do a, an SBA, what they call a 7A working capital loan for about a million dollars. So, you know, I, it's fun now because I can see that um, they're coming out on the other side of it and they're starting to ask whether they can prepay those loans faster because things are getting better. But that, that's, to me, a, a good example where our, our banker uh, knew them very well, knew their history. You know, they, they hit a bump in the road and we were able to work with them and, and help them get to uh, the other side on a successful basis. Well, if there's somebody out there that wants to level up their banking and uh, connect with somebody on your team or yourself, what is the website for Hyperion? Website's uh, HyperionBank.com. And they're, they're welcome. Uh, all of our, our bankers are they're, they're listed on our website with their email and phone number. Sometimes <laughs> at a mega bank, it's hard to find the banker. I, I don't understand that. Um, we put it right out there. So um, we'd be delighted to to bring uh, value to anybody who thinks so we could do so. And that's H-Y-P-E-R-I-O-N-B-A-N-K.com. That's correct. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Oh, thanks so much, Levi. I enjoyed it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. And remember, this work could not be done without the support of our sponsor, OnPay. Please support them so we can continue to share these important stories. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. 